Well, good morning, everybody. Pastor Steve here. Thank you for joining me for this worship service from First Baptist Church in Rock Hill. Today, we're going to talk about the judgment of God. In America, justice is important to most of us. It's important that we protect the weak and the powerless. And when people commit crimes, we believe they should be held accountable. That's why we have laws and courts and trials by jury to determine the, someone's guilt or innocent. And if they're guilty, it's important to us that they receive an appropriate punishment. Currently, our nation is focused up in Minneapolis, the trial of the white cop, Derek Chauvin, who is charged with second-degree murder in the death last May of George Floyd. And most of you have seen the video of him uh, with his knee on Floyd's back for about nine minutes, and of course, he later would die. There was a time in the history, and it's recorded in the book of Exodus, so I invite you to open your Bible there, Exodus chapter 3. A time in history when a king who did not know God and did not love God had his knee on the back of God's people, the Hebrew people. And of course, that king was the Pharaoh of Egypt. God would send Moses to Egypt to free his people. And uh, we talked about that some last week. I want us to continue that subject today as we learn about God's judgment because, listen, Kings and nations are not the only people who experience the judgment of God. God judges me. God judges you. God judges all of us. The truth is that God judges every human being. And he does it in this life. And he will do it in the next life when we stand before him on the judgment day. So it's important that we learn some lessons about God's judgment on Egypt and the Pharaoh that can help us because we need to know the truth, the truth from God's word, the truth of what God says about his judgment and how you and I are supposed to respond and ways we're not to respond. So let's take some time and look at God's judgment on Pharaoh and Egypt for their abuse of the Hebrew people and, and just learn what it means to be judged by God and how we can avoid the judgment of God, what we should do and what we should not do. Last week we talked about God sending Moses as his servant. Today we want to look at what happened when Moses arrived in Egypt. And we know that Pharaoh was a very stubborn man, a very stubborn king. And God sees the suffering of his people and wants to free them. So he sends Moses and he knows ahead of time that Pharaoh, who is so stubborn, will not comply with God's command to free his people. And he even tells Moses that, says he's going to need some some convincing. And if you have your Bible, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 19, God says this to Moses. He says, but I know. Now, this is before Moses ever went to Egypt. I know that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go, permit you to lead the people out, except under compulsion. He's going to need some convincing. He's going to have to be forced into compliance. And that's what God did. God was getting ready to bring Pharaoh to rock bottom, if you will, by sending plague after plague on him and on Egypt until he agreed to free the people of God. Moses and his brother Aaron were, Moses, were God's spokespersons, and so they, they travel to Egypt, and they have their first encounter, their first conversation with Egypt, with, with, with Pharaoh, rather. And we read about it in Exodus chapter 5, starting at verse 1. So look at it with me in your Bible, please. 
The Bible says, Afterward Moses and Aaron came, to, came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Here's what God is saying to you, Pharaoh. Let my people go. Now, he's not initially asking Pharaoh to free them from slavery and sent so they can go to the promised land is an interim step. He says, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. Go outside of Egypt over toward the Sinai and worship me there. But in verse 2, Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? Who is this God of the Hebrew people that I should obey him, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. I do not know Yahweh. I don't know your God. There's a disdain in his voice. And besides, I will not let Israel go. You have to understand that the Pharaoh in Egypt was viewed as a God connected to the great sun God in Egypt in their and their mystic religions. And he had absolute power, absolute sovereignty, absolute authority. There was no constitution. There were no laws that inhibited what he could and could not do. And he saw this Hebrew God, this, this God, this supposed God of the Jewish people of his slaves as a nobody, as a nothing. And his response was to say, your God is nobody. I am their master, and he increased the workload of the Hebrew slaves, made life harder for them. What he did not know in this moment was this, that he was about to learn that the Hebrew God really is somebody. He was about to learn that because he was rejecting God's grace and refusing to repent, that this Pharaoh who saw himself not only as a king but as a God was going to be reduced to nothing and come to the place where he saw himself as a mere mortal man who was broken and destroyed by the mighty acts of the true God, the Hebrew God. He was going to learn that if he refused to know the true God through obedience, he would come to know the true God through judgment. And so God sends 10 plagues upon Egypt today. We're going to look at nine of them. Next Sunday, we'll look at the final and worst of the 10 plagues. And the first plague is this, is that God turns the water in the Nile River to blood and it becomes undrinkable. The fish die. It stays that way for seven days and begins to smell and things get really bad, but Pharaoh still refuses to listen to God's message through Moses and Aaron. And the Bible tells us as the water turned to blood, his heart became hardened. And even worse in chapter seven of Exodus in verse 23, the Bible tells us this, then the Pharaoh, after hardening his heart, the Pharaoh turned, went into his house with no concern for even this. He wasn't worried about anything this Hebrew God was going to do. He wasn't worried about the suffering of his people. He had no concern. I mean, the river is turned to blood and it does not phase him at all. How many times have you and I in our lives been indifferent to the consequences of our sin, been indifferent to the consequences of our bad choices, how many times have we ignored the discipline of God, the word of God, the voice of God, the man of God, and just kept on doing what we were going to do? Go back into our house as if God has said nothing, as if God has done nothing. In many ways, we've done that, haven't we, at times? And so the first plague is 
God turns the water into blood and Pharaoh is hardened and he doesn't listen. He doesn't let the people go worship God and he's indifferent. And then God sends the second plague. He covers the land with frogs. These frogs by the millions come up out of the Nile River and infest the land. They enter people's houses and they're in their kitchen and on their dishes. They're, they've, they've turned the cover back to go to bed and there are frogs in their bed. And it's just a horrible situation. But this plague at least gets Pharaoh's attention a little bit. And he agrees to allow the people to worship God and to sacrifice and to go on a journey and do that. And, and so he says, Moses, I'm going to let the people go worship like you asked. Now, you pray to your God and ask him to remove these frogs to end this plague. Moses prays, God blesses and takes away the frogs. But Pharaoh did not keep his word. Instead, his heart became even more hardened and he refused to listen to God. He refused to do what Moses, the voice of God, had told him to do. And so God, without any warning, without any announcement, sends a third plague, and it's a swarm of gnats. And the Bible tells us that these gnats were all over all the animals, and they were all over the people, and it was just miserable. Can you imagine? Have you ever been out walking in the evening and suddenly you find a small swarm of gnats flying around your head and you swat it and you swipe and you try and then you even run to get away and they chase you? Can you imagine the whole country being covered with gnats? Every time you walk outside, they're everywhere. They're all over you. Your cattle, your pets, they're just covered with, with gnats. It was a horrible situation. And now... Pharaoh's advisors, those that in the Bible are called as magicians because they were associated with the cult religions, his advisors began recognizing that maybe, just maybe, this Hebrew God is somebody, and they see in it and say to the Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh will not listen to what his advisors say. In chapter 8 of Exodus at verse 19, the magician said to Pharaoh, these are his advisors, this is the finger of God. But notice Pharaoh's response. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Not only would he not listen to Moses and Aaron, would he not listen to God? He refused to listen to his closest advisors who were beginning to say to him, maybe this Hebrew God is somebody. He just hardened his heart, disobeyed, and so God sends Moses back to Pharaoh again with a warning. Pharaoh, let my people go. Or I'm going to send another plague and it will just get worse and worse. And so the fourth plague happens and it's the flies. A swarm of flies cover the land just like the gnats had done previously all over the animals, all over the people in their houses. And it's really bad and it's nasty. And so once again, the Pharaoh sends for Moses and he says, okay, okay. The Hebrew slaves can have one day without work to sacrifice to their God. But you have to do it here in Egypt. You can't go anywhere else. And remember, God had said, you've got to let my people go three days journey out into the wilderness outside the border of Egypt to worship me. And Pharaoh was saying, no, they've got to do it here. I'll let them do it, but they have to do it here. And Moses, under the direction of God, says no. Because God does not compromise his word and his truth to accommodate 
our preference. What God said yesterday is what he says today and what he will say a thousand years from now because the truth of God and the word of God, it's eternal. It doesn't change. God doesn't change his word to suit your desire, to suit your preference, to suit your wants. God's word is his will and it is up to us to come in line with in compliance with thus saith the Lord. Pharaoh did not want to do that. And then after Moses said, no, we're going to do it God's way, Pharaoh relented. And he said, okay, you can go into the wilderness and you can sacrifice to your God. Now, will you please pray and ask God to take away all these flies? And Moses took him at his word, prayed, and God removed the flies. But what do you think Pharaoh did? Well, in Exodus chapter 8, verse 32, it says, Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also. Just as he had done before, he hardened his heart and did not let the people go. He went back on his word. So God, you know what God does? God sends Moses back to Pharaoh another time with another warning. Pharaoh, let my people go or there will be another plague. And God sends a disease across the land. This is the fifth plague, the, a disease that kills their livestock, kills their, their cattle, their horses, their donkeys, their, their sheep, their livestock on which they were so dependent. And yet again, Pharaoh refuses to listen, to obey God, to let the people go, even though the livestock has died, and his heart just gets harder and harder. And then God sends a sixth plague, and it's their, their bodies. This time it's not their livestock. It's not the air. It's not the flies. It's not the gnats. God reaches down, and he touches the body of all the people in Egypt, and he puts sores on their bodies, boils that burn, sores that, that hurt and burn like fire. And there's no warning. It just happens. They wake up one day, and their body is covered with all these painful, burning Sores, And the next day, God speaks to Moses and tells him to do something. In Exodus chapter 9 and verses 13 and following, here's what the Bible says about it. And then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, here's what Yahweh, here's what the Hebrew God says, Let my people go that they may serve me, they may sacrifice to me and worship me. Verse 14. For this time, if you don't obey now, this time, the next plague, I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in the earth. He's saying, Pharaoh, if you don't agree to do what God says this time, it's going to get worse. The plagues that follow will be worse than the ones that have come before. And in fact, in verse 15, he says, for if by now, if up until this point, I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence. You would then have been cut off from the earth. He's saying, Pharaoh, if, if God had allowed all of these plagues, all of his judgment that you rightly deserve for your abuse of his people and your disobedience of his word, if God had sent all of his judgment and all of his plagues at one time, you and all your people would be dead. It is the grace of God that held them back and only sent them one at a time. And then verse 17, still, you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. You are so arrogant and so proud, you will not humble yourself, obey me, and free my people. And so God, through Moses, warns the Pharaoh, if you don't obey after all that's happened, these sores on your body, this word from God, if you don't obey now, then tomorrow there is going to be 
another plague and things are going to get worse. And that leads us to the seventh plague when God sends a, a violent hailstorm that, that is accompanied by rain and thunder and flashes of fire. And, and he even gives them a heads up and advance notice that these, these hailstones are going to be so large that if any person or animal is caught outside and hit by the hail, they will die. So if you want to live, you will be in your house. If you want your animals and your pets to live, they will be in the barn, they will be in your house because anyone and any animal outside will lose their life. They will be killed by this hell. And, and, and some of the people in Egypt listen and they protect themselves by being in their house and bringing their pets and other animals inside. But Pharaoh still refuses to listen to God and the hail falls and the animals die and people die and crops are ruined and it's a horrible situation. And so after that, Pharaoh again does what he's done before. He sends for Moses. And this time he says, Moses, I have sinned and your God is righteous. I'm going to let the slaves go and worship and sacrifice. Will you please ask God to stop the hell? And Moses says, okay, but. Because Moses, see, God gave Moses insight. Moses knew that Pharaoh still was not a true believer. And in chapter 9, verse 30, here's what Moses said to Pharaoh. He said, but as for you, Pharaoh, and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Pharaoh was saying the right thing, but he was not going to do the right thing. But Moses anyway prayed, and God stopped the hell. And then the Bible tells us here that Pharaoh, after God stopped the hell, Pharaoh hardened his heart again and refused to keep his word and let the Hebrew people go. I mean, you talk about being stubborn. You, you, you talk about repeating the same mistake time and time again. Doesn't that sound like some of us at some season in our life? And so God sends Moses back to Pharaoh again with a question. And that question, we, we read about it in chapter 10 of Exodus, verses 3 and 4, if you have your Bible. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, thus says Yahweh, the Hebrew God, How long, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? God says, Pharaoh, how long are you going to be arrogant and stubborn? How long are you going to resist and not submit to me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Verse 4, for if you refuse to let my people go, here's the warning, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. God gives the Pharaoh and the Egyptian people advance warning that if you don't free my people today, tomorrow your land is going to be covered by locusts. And Pharaoh's advisors tell him to do what Moses asked. They even say to Pharaoh, do you not realize that Egypt is destroyed? Your stubbornness, your unwillingness to obey God is causing our people to die, causing our crops to be lost, our livestock to die. Our land is being ruined. Our nation, our nation is at a breaking point. Do you not know that? Do you not care? And this time, Pharaoh agrees with his advisors and listens to them. And he says to Moses, you can go and you can take the people, you can sacrifice and you can worship me. But, but just the men, not the women, not the children, not the livestock, just the men. And Moses, Moses again stays true to the word of God and he says, no, all of us are going or none of us are going. And Pharaoh is stubborn, refuses to give in. And so the next plague hits Egypt, the locust, and they devastate the country. 
The Bible says the locusts were so many that, that they blocked out the sun and it was like it was nighttime during the day. And they eat everything in sight. If it was green, they ate it. Whether it was the leaves of the tree or the remaining plants in the fields that had not been destroyed by the hailstorm so that there was no vegetation left and there was just devastation. And then again, Pharaoh following his pattern sends for Moses. And says to Moses, I have sinned against you and your God. Please forgive me and ask your God to help us and send all those locusts away. And, and Moses prays and God answers and sends the locusts away with a westward wind. But Pharaoh does again what he's done every time. He goes back on his word, does not keep his commitment, hardens his heart, and does not let the people go. And so there's a ninth plague one that is not announced, one that there's no advance warning for, and it's total darkness. The Bible says that for three days the land of Egypt was covered with complete darkness, and not only was it dark, even their candles would not burn. They stayed in their houses because they could not see anything. It was uh, it got, God said it's a darkness that is so strong they would feel it in their flesh. And it's after this that Moses and the Pharaoh of Egypt have their last, their final conversation. And we read part of that conversation in Exodus chapter 10, the last two verses, verses 28 and 29, where the Bible says, Then Pharaoh said to him, said to Moses, Get away from me. I don't want to see you again. Get away from me. Beware, do not see my face again, for in the day you see my face you shall die. Moses, if you set foot in my palace before me one more time, I promise you I will kill you. Verse 29, Moses said to the Pharaoh, You are right. I shall never see your face again. And it was after this that God would send the tenth and the worst plague, the final plague, the one where the firstborn sons of Egypt, including the firstborn son of Pharaoh, would die. We'll talk about that next Sunday. But these nine plagues, nine expressions of the judgment of God upon the Pharaoh of Egypt and his people, is a dramatic story. But some of you are thinking, hey, Pastor, it's an interesting story, but what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with today? Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you ever refuse to listen to God? Do you ever refuse to obey God? Then this story is relevant for you. Do you ever experience, have you ever experienced God's discipline in your life, God's judgment in your life? Do you ever say to God one thing, but then turn around and do something else? Do you ever make a commitment, a promise to God, only to renege, to not follow through, not to keep it? then there are some lessons you and I can learn from this story because there are moments in our lives when we behave the same way Pharaoh behaved. Isn't that true? And we need to learn. We need to know the truth about God's judgment and how to respond, how not to respond. So real quickly, let me just share with you some truths, some lessons that we need to learn that, that, that apply to our lives. And the first one is this. God's desire, listen, God's desire is not punishment it is obedience. 
He sent the plagues on Pharaoh in Egypt, not so much to punish them, but to move them, to convince them, to compel him to do what was right. God does not punish us just for the sake of punishment. He's compelling us to wake up, to grow up, and do what is right. He sent the plagues to deliver the Hebrews' people from slavery to freedom. He sent the plagues to reveal to everyone there who he really was. And when God is at work in this world and in our lives, it is to move us in the direction of doing what is right and reveal to us who he is and what his power is. God tries to get our attention and to help us. Will you listen to God? Will you see the hand of God? Are you looking for God? We're constantly resisting him. A second truth, a second lesson is that God's grace is always available. God's grace was available to the Pharaoh every step, every step of this journey before and after every plague, the grace of God was available. We see it several ways. In six of these nine plagues, God told Pharaoh ahead of time what was about to happen and gave him a chance to do the right thing. And if he had done the right thing, the plague would have been avoided. That's the grace of God. Even when God in advance said the hailstorm is coming, he told him, here's how you can stay alive. Here's how you can protect everybody. Here's how you can protect all of your livestock. Pharaoh didn't listen, but God told him how to save everybody. That's the grace of God. God did not send all the plagues at one time. He said, as we read a moment ago, if he had, they would have all been dead. That's the grace of God. God does not unleash on you and me all the judgment that we deserve. If God judged us all at one time the way we deserve, we would not survive. That's the grace of God. And every single time Pharaoh seemed to repent, seemed to agree to do what was right and let the Hebrew people go and worship, God removed the plague. Even though he knew Pharaoh was going to renege on his promise, not keep his word. Can you imagine how different the story would have been if Pharaoh had responded to God's grace and God's love and repented? There would have been forgiveness. There would have been healing. They would have avoided all the pain. That, my brothers and sisters, is an expression of the grace of God, the love of God. A third truth, a third lesson for us is that disobedience, now listen, disobedience and its consequence Sin and its consequence can accumulate over time. They can add up. So can the consequences of God's judgment add up over time. In this story, the judgments of God got worse as time passed. And, and, and the next one made things worse because the first one had already created problems. The frogs created problems. The gnats created problems. They just built one on top of the other. And it just got worse and worse and it kept accumulating. And that happens in life. When we go decade after decade, year after year, not listening to God, not obeying God, and the consequences of our sin stack one on top of the other, they accumulate, and the discipline and the judgment of God builds, and it simply gets worse. Sometimes, sometimes we keep making the same mistake over and over. We repeat the same unhealthy patterns, continue making the same unwise decisions, and then we wonder, we wonder why life is not getting any better. We need to look in the mirror and see that sin and its consequences build up over the years if we don't turn to the grace of God and repent and change our way and do what is right. There's a fourth truth, a fourth lesson, and it's that you and I can ruin 
our own lives when we don't listen to God and do what he says. In this story, Pharaoh was his own worst enemy, his own worst enemy. And sometimes the judgment of God is allowing you and me to simply experience the consequence of our choices. God doesn't have to intervene and do anything to punish us. All he does sometimes is just let us go and do what we want to do and experience the consequences of our sinful decisions. That is also the judgment of God. We can ruin our own lives. The fifth truth and lesson is this. Sometimes we need to listen to those that God puts in our lives who can see what you and I are unwilling or even refuse to see. Pharaoh's advisor said, this is the finger of God. His advisor said, would you do what Moses says because Egypt is being destroyed because you refuse to see and listen and do what is right? God puts people in our lives to help us, to protect us from ourselves, to help us see what we don't see or are unwilling to see. He gives parents to teenagers Godly men and women to those who are trying to live for him. He puts preachers and teachers. God brings people into our path, into our lives to help us see what we are blind to. There's a sixth truth and a sixth lesson for us from this story. And it's this bargaining with God, negotiating with God does not work. Pharaoh tried to do it time and time again. Moses, I'll let the people worship, but they have to do it in Egypt. Moses, I'll let them go, but only the men, not anybody else. Okay, Moses, the men, the women, and the children, but not the livestock. And every time Moses said no, 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 because God said everybody goes and all their possessions go and they do it outside of Egypt. He was trying to barter with God. And God's not going to compromise his truth to satisfy you. God's not going to be negotiated into something that is less than holy and less than fully committed and less than fully dedicated. God expects total obedience, not partial obedience. Stop negotiating with God. Stop saying, God, if this and when that, then stop it. It doesn't work. It never has worked, never will work. And then the final lesson, the final truth is this. Real repentance is what's needed because false repentance does not work. Pharaoh said more than once, I'm sorry, but he didn't mean it. See, real repentance means there's a brokenness within you, not just because of the consequences and pain, but the sin itself. And it leads to brokenness and it leads to repentance. It leads to real change. It leads to a turnaround in your life. It leads to obedience and full surrender to God. So in closing, let me ask you this. In what ways are you acting like Pharaoh? Can you name some ways? Can you name one? One way in which you are acting like Pharaoh. And what are you going to do about it? Please do not make the same mistakes he made. Listen to God. Listen to his word and obey him. Because God wants you to enjoy his blessings, not his judgment. That's the word of God for you today. God bless you. I look forward to being with you next Sunday.